0: Are locked on pack. I
1: feel like we can run the table. Your it. daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown.
0: You are locked on Packers. Former Browns All-Pro is on the show today. Wisconsin boy here to talk about some offensive line play, the NFC playoff picture, the Green Bay Packers, and a whole lot more. Let's start with the four teams Green Bay could potentially face in the divisional round of the playoffs. Because it is only four. It seems like a lot, but it is... I guess it is four teams, (laughs) the team that they are most likely to play based on projected outcomes, the Rams, the Rams and the Cardinals play. The Packers will play the lowest seed available. So the Eagles, if they beat the Buccaneers, the Packers would face Philadelphia automatically because they are the lowest seed in the dance. Uh, The Cowboys take on the 49ers in the three six. If the 49ers win and Tampa Bay wins, the Packers get the 49ers. That is by far the team, at least according to my very scientific uh, poll of my my Twitter mentions, that is by far the team that Packer fans do not want to see. They want Dallas to beat San Francisco, uh, maybe handily, just so everyone is feeling good about what's going on here. And then in that Rams-Cardinals game, if the top seeds win, you get the 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 winner of that game no matter what. So if Tampa and Dallas both win, you're going to get the 4-5 no matter what just because that's how math works. So from a matchup standpoint, I want to throw the Eagles out for a second because they are by far the worst team in this mix. And I, I think by... by any stretch of the imagination, that is the that is the most important thing here. You want to play the worst team. You want Philadelphia to beat Tampa because some weird stuff happens. That's what you want. Uh, but they do present some, some potential problems for Green Bay because they can run the ball. They've got a mobile quarterback. And, and they've got a defense that with their front, they can rush the passer. They've got players in the secondary, guys like Darius Slay. Now, Devontae Adams has been the Darius Slay kryptonite over the years. I don't think Philly would would put up that much of a fight against the Green Bay Packers, but they've put up some fights against other teams, including Tampa Bay, in the regular season before. Now, the 49ers. That's the team. And I, I, I don't think it is... It's weird to say that that is the team that is most concerning for the Packers of this group. So of the four teams, the Packers could play. They played three of them already. They beat three of them already. And they, in two of those three games, they were convincingly the better team. I know that the Cardinals game came down to a last second play. But if the Aaron Jones touchdown is not reversed, that's a two score game late. And the Russell Douglas play doesn't actually affect the outcome at all. Uh, The Packers controlled the Rams game. I still think that is a good matchup for Green Bay because of the strengths and weaknesses there. We're going to talk about that. It's the 49er team that is most concerning for a couple of different reasons. Number one, they can rush with four. Now you get David Bakhtiari back, you get Josh Myers back, and that helps a lot. That makes you feel a lot more comfortable that you, you don't have to run out Alex Light you don't have to run out we don't think Dennis Kelly is going to have to play we think Billy Turner is going to be back for the divisional round though we will see we'll see if he can be at practice uh, uh today and how he progresses through the week they have a run game that we know that we know can produce in myriad ways they did it in the regular season matchup to a certain degree we know what happened in the NFC Championship game a few years ago. Now that team is not this team and that defense is not this defense. The difference in how someone like Devondre Campbell is playing versus Blake Martinez and Antonio Morrison, that's a huge gap. The difference in someone like Kenny Clark He's playing at a at a high level. And now you have more edge defenders. Guys like Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary have been stouter in in run defense. You have more opportunities for Rashawn Gary to be out on the field because he's earned them. And then for for the Packers offense, these corners are just not great. I mean, if it's going to be Josh Morgan or Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley, Green Bay, if they can have time for Aaron Rodgers, they're going to find open opportunities. And offensively, they have, I wouldn't say they've solved the 49ers defense, but they moved the ball pretty effectively against San Francisco in, in the last regular season game. They did the same last year in the regular season game. So th- this Green Bay offense, I think, has to feel good about going up against the 49ers defense. It's the other way around that's going to have people scared because Debo Samuel is a monster. He's been, I think, an all-pro caliber player this season. We'll talk about that tomorrow with Jason Herschel when we submit our PFWA teams. But you add George Kittle. Green Bay has had some issues against tight ends. You add in Brandon Ayuk, who is an up-and-down player, a little bit of a trick-or-treat player, but can still provide some explosiveness. And then they use Debo Samuel effectively in the run game. They have Elijah Mitchell, who can, can be not only a, a between-the-tackles runner, but a, can create chunk runs with his ability to break off and, and be explosive in the run game. That's the thing that makes their run game so special is they can be explosive with it. They can create big plays with it. Jeff Wilson also has some juice in the run game. Trent Williams is playing at an extremely high level. Now, outside of that, I think there are some, some places that you can take some advantage you know they're playing with a backup right tackle, so the right side of their their offensive line, you can force Jimmy G into some mistakes. That's the team that I think Green Bay is going to be most scared of. Now, if if Dallas wins that game, none of it matters. And it does seem like we are hurtling toward a uh, a, a Dallas Packers rematch at some point. I think I think if I had to predict right now, I would predict Packers Dallas in the NFC championship game. Um I have a long shot Cowboys to win the Super Bowl bet right now. Um but I also have the Packers in like three different versions, so don't worry about that. Um but th- that's the team that I think could either go one and done or win the Super Bowl. The, and and I think the 49ers are the same way. Um I, I think Tampa Bay is the same way to a certain degree. I think in the AFC every team is like that. I mean, every team, well, maybe not the Chiefs, but the other teams, they could all lose or I could see them going to the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the the variance really is that high in some of these games and in some of these matchups. Just that's the way the league is this year. When it comes to the NFC West matchup, the Rams, the Packers are just not going to give them big plays. And we've seen they can bait Matthew Stafford into mistakes. The Rams have had no counters for that. Green Bay effectively stopped the run. And if if the Rams are going to go spread... You trust Matthew Stafford to give you a couple chances to, to throw you the ball. And now you're getting Jair Alexander back. You're getting Cedarius Smith back. You can create even more pressure on that offense to be perfect because the defense has shown some vulnerabilities. They have some, some deficiencies on the back end. Um, outside of Jalen Ramsey, their secondary has not been as good. Outside of Aaron Donald, their front has not been as good. They were not able to get any pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know given the way that the game played out the first time around, I don't know if you're the Rams, what adjustments you can make because it was just Aaron Rodgers beating you. It was Randall Cobb beating his man one-on-one. It was Devontae Adams beating his man one-on-one. It was Aaron Rodgers beating you with his brain. And they have shown no ability over the course of the season, really, to make the adjustments necessary to be the team that that some thought they could be coming into the year. And, And with the Cardinals... They just don't have the horses without Deandre Hopkins when it's just AJ Green and Christian Kirk and and Kyler go figure it out. They just don't have the horses and you get a cold hard turf at Lambeau that negates some of the speed that Arizona can play with on their defense. And I I just think the Packers the Packers are going to be favorites no matter what. I mean, I think they're going to be four to seven point favorites against whoever they play. Um, But. That is, that is the matchup. I think the Cardinals game, of the of the teams that are actually there likely to play, I don't think the Eagles really have a realistic chance to beat the Buccaneers. But Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, I think the team you most want to see is the Cardinals because I think that's the, that's the coach you trust the least. That is uh, the offense that is the most a mess. And it's the defense that most relies on speed. I think they need to be playing inside or on turf in a dome, Uh, to to really feel the full force of what they can do defensively. We saw the Packers move the ball up and down the field on them uh, without Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. It was Randall Cobb, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and Aaron Rodgers, and that was it. And they, they won that game pretty convincingly. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, or just finding a new thing that's delicious, Built Bar should be in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes good. I find this all the time. I crave sweets. I'm one of those people that craves sweets. So being able to grab something that is sweet and d- delicious, tasty, and that I could also feel good about fueling my body with because it's high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, that's the ideal for me. Even if I'm not doing it for a workout that day, although I do often have, they have built bites now, perfect pre-workout, just a couple bites, get something in your stomach to, to, to give you the energy to get through that workout. So many ways that built bar can help you reach your goals in 2022. Let them do it. And right now, because you're a locked on Packers listener, you can go to built.com and use the promo code Locked15 to get 15% off your order. How about that? Promo code Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's get to my conversation with eight time all pro Joe Thomas. Joe, good to be with you, man. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the new 18-week season. Um uh, and, and I hope you're excited for
1: some some playoff football here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah. I enjoyed the extra game and I was kind of surprised by that because when they added the extra game, I just figured we'd be getting more meaningless end of the season games, but it actually turned out to be pretty awesome with as much parody and as many teams that were still fighting for playoff positioning. So uh, hats off to Roger Goodell and the new greenbacks that they're putting in their pocket with that extra week.
0: <laughs> well, so here's a question for a, a former player. As you're watching Sunday night with Chargers Raiders, are you with everyone else on Twitter going, please tie, please. Yes. come on tie. Oh,
1: Absolutely. Yes. I think the only team that in the country was not hoping for a tie was the Steelers because they'd be eliminated from the playoffs, but even Raiders fans and Chargers fans, I feel like they were totally comfortable being part of the most historic <laughs> outcome in <laughs> NFL history. And unfortunately the coaches on both sides completely blew it and pissed on their leg.
0: Yeah, it was it was still incredible to see Justin Herbert is amazing and Derek Carr I think underrated ice water in his veins a little bit. Uh, that was a that was a really fun game earlier in the day. The Packers and the Lions played a game that was I would say not quite as exciting though mm-hmm. fun at the end. I'm I'm glad we have you on the show this week and it's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. You were someone when when you were in Cleveland. You didn't miss time. So we never, we never had to do the, okay, so what does this, what does this mean for the Browns that Joe Thomas is coming back? But Aaron Rodgers talked about the value of getting a high caliber player back, the psychological value of that. Can you, can you expound on that a little bit? What it means when you get someone like David Bakhtiari back, what it means psychologically for your offense.
1: Well, anytime you get a great player like Bakhtiari back, it boosts confidence that everybody has. Right. And so Better confidence is always a good thing. But what confidence really pours over into, it's energy and focus, right? Because if you believe now that you have a greater chance to win, it's just human nature that you're going to be more focused on the task at hand. You're going to pour more energy into that. You're going to pour more preparation into those things because you feel like it's more possible. And in turn, as one of those players that – potentially could be making the play that turns the game in your favor. You want to be ready for that moment. If you believe deep in your soul that that moment has more of a chance to come. So I think it's only a tremendous benefit when you are able to bring a player back. That's as good as David Bakhtiari. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and this offensive line has been able to make do without him, but there has been one key issue for them. and, And that is on the interior. They've had some issues picking up stunts. Royce Newman is, is a rookie um he's transitioning he played guard and tackle in college but was primarily a tackle he's sliding inside to guard and he's had a lot of issues that the jordan love interception came on a on an end tackle stunt can you just like walk through for our listeners who have never been in an offensive line room what what just like the basics of okay we've got a te stunt here's how we have to pass
1: this off yeah so passing off stunts is all about just practice experience and playing with the guy that's next to you because you've got two basic stunts, right? You've got the end tackle and the tackle end and the end tackle just refers to the ends going first. He's the penetrator and then the tackle loops or the tackle end, which is the vice versa, right? The tackle is the penetrator and the end loops. And if you go with the more common one, which is the tackle end, we'll describe that first. So the tackles lined up over the outside shoulder the guard and he's trying to penetrate into that B gap area between the guard and the tackle. And it's up to the guard to make sure that the player doesn't penetrate, right? So what the guard's job is he has to flatten the tackle to make sure that he doesn't pick the hip of the tackle because the tackle is trying to block his defensive end. And he's not really paying attention to what's happening inside other than giving hand presence and sort of peripheral vision there. And it's up to the guard to make sure that he widens that tackle so that the pass off can happen because as soon as the offensive tackle feels that the defensive tackle is being widened and then he hears a verbal cue from that guard which is usually like a go 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 or a now 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 or a stunt stunt whatever it is the communication that happens now he's going to look to the inside and try to put two hands on that defensive tackle and now pass off and it's up to the guard to punch and send the defensive tackle wide enough and then sink back towards the quarterback to be able to accept the looper and so it's all about just practicing that over and over again and having the comfort and the confidence of playing next to the guy that you're going to be playing next to in a game and being able to communicate when those things have to happen in real-time speed now the opposite is true when it's an end tackle stunt it's up to the tackle to make sure the offensive tackle to make sure that the defensive end doesn't penetrate into the B gap between the guard and the offensive tackle and pick the hip of the offensive guard. And so he's mainly once the defensive end spikes to the inside, the offensive tackle now has to flatten the guard down the line of scrimmage and then give that verbal cue to the guard that he's ready to pass it off. Go, 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 go. Then the offensive tackle sends the defensive end to the inside with his hands, like a punch, like he's throwing a medicine ball or a player. And then now he's able to sink back towards the quarterback. And sometimes even to the inside a little bit happens very routinely and easily if you have a lot of practice under your belt. But if you don't, and you're not used to that timing communication, and you're also not very good at flattening the penetrator, which is the most important thing for an offensive lineman, then you have those issues and what a smart defensive line coach and a smart defensive coordinator will do is they'll just keep dialing up the same stunt over and over again until they realize (laughs) that you can fix it because about the only thing you can do, if you can't fix it, like with the technique we just mentioned is to turn the slide in that direction and take three blockers for two defenders, which obviously hamstrings you a little bit. Cause now you've got the one-on-one blocks on the other side, if you have a basic five-man protection. So you want to be able to pick it up because your only other option is to change the protections to try to prevent that from happening over and over again.
0: Yeah. And actually on the, on the interception, um, the, the Packers did have the slide. They had the running back to that side. They had three for two and still turned a guy loose. So uh, it, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is continuity really important. And when you're shuffling guys in all the time, uh, that, that makes it really hard. Even if those guys individually, you know, when they just have to, to, to face a guy one-on-one rice Newman, pretty good at doing that. Dennis Kelly has played really well handling pass rushers one-on-one, but then they get into these games and, and identifying blitzes and stuff like that. And it seems like that falls apart. So the, the, the
1: reps sound it that sounds like that's crucial here. Yeah, the one-on-one is something that happens in a vacuum, in a phone booth. And if you're a good one-on-one blocker, it doesn't matter what team you go to, but it's just the practice time and the comfort level of having those reps with the guys that you're going to do it with. That's what comes into play when you have slides and passing off stunts and three-on-twos three and different zone concepts. Like Those are the things that come up that you need that practice time to be really proficient with.
0: Yeah and it's it's something that I think has has clearly affected Green Bay this season even if guys like uh, you know Yash Nijman have stepped in admirably and and John Runyon Jr who looks like a real bona fide NFL guard uh in this offense let's look around the NFC a little bit Joe um this is going to be a really fun super wild card weekend even if I hate that name we need to find something better it's, it's just a wild card weekend was super in front of it like we got we got to do better than this <laughs> Um What are the, we, I talked a little bit yesterday with, with our friend Lily Zhao about um 49ers Cowboys, but it, what game, if any, do you have circled on your list?
1: Yeah, that, that's a game. That's going to be really exciting to me because I know there's a lot of people that were on the Cowboys bandwagon a few weeks ago, thinking that they were one of the better teams in the NFL, but they've been just so inconsistent and they've struggled to play against the upper echelon teams in the NFL that have those great playmakers And I think the the 49ers are a really bad matchup for a lot of teams in the NFL because they are such a dominant rushing attack, probably the best rushing attack from a creativity standpoint in the NFL. And they're able to stretch defenses horizontally with a lot of their jet motions and their jet sweeps with Debo Samuel, who's sort of that jack uh, of all trades type offensive weapon that they can put pressure on a defense's weakness, like almost no other teams in the NFL. And as long as Jimmy G doesn't have those meltdown moments that he's known for with as good as San Francisco's defense is playing, that's the team that can really sneak up on people from one of the lower seeds. So I'm excited to watch and see that matchup against the Dallas Cowboys this next weekend.
0: I I can't wait for it. It is, it is a classic NFC. I mean, for, for people our age, Growing up watching football. I mean, that was 90s football was That's it. Cowboys 49 That's right. That's
1: There was nothing right.
0: better than that. So I, I can't wait for that. Uh, the, the game that I think is, is at least most likely to impact uh, the, the Packers is Rams Cardinals part three. Um, it, it, since the Packers played the Rams last, have you seen any noticeable difference in how the Rams are playing? Because to me, it looks like mostly the same team, only they've, I guess they have found some more ways to get OBJ involved.
1: Yeah, they're getting OBJ a little bit more involved. Von Miller is playing a little bit better, more comfortable in that scheme. But there's still a level of inconsistency with both of those guys and really the whole team as a whole, which is sort of anti-Sean McVay, um, that I think is going to be their weakness, right? Because to have a good run in the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl, it's all about consistency and being hot. Because every team in the NFL is really good right now. There's so much parity, like the difference between the one seed and the Seven seed is hardly anything. And it's just a couple having that consistency, having that high ceiling, which is where kind of the Rams and the Cardinals are. I,
0: I want to go back to the four diners for a second, because you, you know, are, are familiar with Kyle Shanahan uh, played under Kyle Shanahan. When, when he brings Trey Lance in and, and he has two starts now this season, how have you seen him evolve this offense to accommodate someone like Lance? And, and how has it changed from, from when Jimmy Garoppolo's in there? Cause there was a big discussion last week. Oh, well, you know, the best chance to win last last week is, is a healthy Trey Lance, not an injured Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw how that worked out, but, but how, how have you seen him evolve that offense, tweak that offense, change it for someone like Trey Lance?
1: Well, the first thing is you're cutting the playbook way down and you're given Trey Lance concepts that he's familiar with that he's seen in practice that you have a really good idea of how the defense is going to handle you. So a lot of times what you're going to do is you're going to give some type of complex shift in motion where the defense gets maybe a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And what what you're going to hope to get from them then is sort of a generic all fronts, all coverage type check. So a lot of times you see defense checking when they get a lot of different shifts and motions that they don't recognize and they're just going to get into something that's safe. And for a young quarterback, that's exactly what you want, right? You don't want to just stand there stationary, motionless, because then the defense can dictate what they want to you. They can give you all sorts of disguise. They can throw the kitchen sink at you. And when you're a young quarterback, you get confused. And a lot of times that's when the turnovers happen, which is what you don't want when you got your young quarterback in there. So I imagine they're going to get a lot of complex shifts in motion get the defense into something basic and then give Trey Lance a single field read. Like he's out of the field or the other where he can, Hey, look at the safety. If he said he's deep throw to the guy, if He's underneath, and if all else, be creative, make something happen outside the confines of the playbook. That's where Trey Lance is going to be at his best. So they're going to be doing those type of things, but then they're also going to give him the the typical move-the-pocket type stuff, some of the RPO type stuff, where he's able to look at one receiver. If he's open, you throw it. If not, you start taking off, and then it becomes a scramble drill. I think those are sort of the plays that Trey Lance would be the most comfortable with. That's where he's the most dangerous and then that's what gives them the nice compliment to Jimmy G, who's going to be more of your traditional pocket passer, reading the defense, going through your progressions that you would sort of expect from a veteran pocket passer type quarterback. Yeah,
0: some of the run stuff they've done with Trey Lance is just so cool. The design quarterback run stuff, um, whether whether or not you can live like that for, for 10, 12, 15 seasons, we, we haven't really seen it, but it, it's still an interesting <laughs> idea. Uh, last thing here, Joe, uh, the Packers, uh, they don't play this weekend, but they are the number one seed. This is, after all, a Packers podcast. Um, Green Bay, uh, I-, I think, has proven themselves over the course of the season to be the most consistent team in the league, bringing back J.R. Alexander, David Bakhtiari, and now Zadaria Smith. They may, in fact, be the most complete and most talented team. What, what in your mind separates them from the rest of the conference? If you're going to say this is the reason Green Bay is going to win the NFC, it
1: is what? Well, you hit it. It's consistency, right? Every other team in the NFL might have a ceiling that is similar to Green Bay. You look at Arizona, you look at Dallas, maybe even the Rams. You could say, hey, if they're at their best, like it's a neck and neck game with the Packers. But none of those teams have been consistent enough. For me to really believe that they can make a run to the Super Bowl because you want to make a run to the Super Bowl, like I just talked about. You got to win three, four games in a row against the best teams in the NFL that are the hottest. So you can't have a bad and off week. And I think Green Bay is the most well set up with the combination of good defense good offense, obviously fantastic MVP quarterback play and a level of consistency where they just don't have a lot of stinkers. And so if I'm putting my money anywhere, it's on the green Bay Packers this year to win the super bowl.
0: Well, I'm glad I got them at about 12 to one back in, back in August before the odds. Fell. So <laughs> Nice work, <laughs> Joe. I appreciate you, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. And we'll talk soon. We'll do. Thanks for having me on. All right. I want to thank Joe for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. He is, one of the smartest people anywhere. And so to have his input in all of this is absolutely invaluable. And I, I think he's, he's such a great resource. I wanted to get him on to talk about offensive line play because he's just, I just know he's going to break it down and, and make it seem understandable to, to me and, and hopefully to the average person just listening there at home that, that, you know, isn't watching the offensive line play to play. Or, you know, and, and I'm someone I've said this many times. I'm I'm still learning a lot about the intricacies of offensive line play. It's why I have someone like Joe come on and explain it because he's going to do a much better job than I am. Today's episode is brought to you by GetUpside. GetUpside is this incredible app that's going to pay you to do something you are probably already going to do. Buy gas. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store, or Google Play right now and use the promo code touchdown to get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back when you fill up don't pay full price at the at the pump anymore you get cash back using get upside just download the app for free for free and use the promo code touchdown to get a 50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot they're making two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash gets added right to your bank account or your paypal or an e-gift card or on amazon just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that 50 cent per gallon cash back on your first tank. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy New betting year as we continue to march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your sports wagering action in 2022. New year, and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit when you use the promo code On for football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. online where the game starts all right we're gonna be back tomorrow America's guest Jason Hershorn is going to join us on the program we're gonna go over our basically our all pro ballots we don't have all pro votes but we do vote in the PFWA awards which not not quite as prestigious as all pro but still These things, these things matter to people. They're on, they're on the Wikipedia pages. So uh, we will, we will bring you that as, as this sort of broad look around the NFL. And of course, keep you up to date on everything that is going on with this team as we do every single day.